Hey guys, I'm Rantasmo. I spoke with uh, Drew Drogi and Mike Rose, who are actor-producers responsible for such videos as Planet Unicorn and Fagney and Gacy, which I talked about in my episode on web series a while back. Uh, Drew also does the Chloe7E videos, which you may have seen on YouTube. If you're a fan of web series uh, such as The Guild or The Legend of Neil, you might recognize Mike as characters from those series as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with Mike Rose and Drew Drogi. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, our pleasure. We actually have something of an indirect connection. I think you guys might know uh, Dave Seeger and Tom Kaufman. Of course. Yeah, we love they're that. From, they're from where you're from, Central Michigan. Area. Yeah, we actually went to college oh, wow. together. I was in uh, a couple of TV shows of theirs. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Uh, listeners might know them from, uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, the show uh, Ikea Heights. They produced mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you guys have actually done a lot with channel. Um, that's a, a channel 101 show, which you guys have actually done a lot with. One of the best known is Planet Unicorn. Uh, could you maybe kind of describe that for those who haven't seen it? Sure. Um, Planet Unicorn. Well, in the beginning, it, it, like Star Wars, it says what it's about. A gay boy wish for a planet full of unicorns. Planet Unicorn, Unicorn Planet. In the future, an eight-year-old gay boy named Shannon found a magic lamp. He wishes for a flying car, a fur coat, and... A fur jacket. A fur jacket. <laughs> and a planet full of unicorns. And mm -hmm. then we see this planet full of unicorns. Three unicorns named Cadillac, Feathers, and Tom Cruise. Now, where, where did... I, mean, I guess this is kind of a cliche question, but where did this idea come from? Uh, this is Mike's idea. Yeah, just... like uh, something... An animated thing, because we uh, knew some people who did animation who were up for helping us. And... Um, just the idea came from like kind of eighties cartoons that were kind of gay or just super sweet and like uh, sugary sweet and subversively gay and feminine. So mm -hmm. and unicorns, and then it kind of took off. That's actually had kind of a comeback lately. With I don't know if you guys like the new My Little Pony cartoon is a, is a big thing now. On the internet, especially. Yeah, I've heard that, and it, yes, and the, didn't the My Little Pony creator contact you? Wasn't that the, thing? the I, lady that the lady that created, oh or she wrote for My My Little was it Lauren Faust or someone else? I'm not sure. I know merchant like some merchandising people who did Planet Unicorn or mm -hmm. um, My Little Pony stuff. Contact. Interesting. Yeah, they, but but um, <laughs> uh, Mike and our friend Tyler like sort of came to me and asked me, and I was just a voice on it. And sort of got together to do that. And well, he says he was just a voice, but like I've known Drew for a very, very long time. So, it's like when I have him come in and do something, it's not like anything that someone else can just come and do specifically <laughs> for him. Well, but we didn't know that it's like who was going to be what part, like who was okay, going to be what know. character. And so we were just sort of like maybe feathers, the southern sassy one and then like you know that uh, the Cadillac will be the like the sassy Latino and Tom Cruise will just have a really super gay voice. That didn't <laughs> decided until we were in the studio like about right. to record and we're like oh yeah I guess we should do different voices for each character. Mm -hmm. And when Mike was singing that theme song I because we did the first one it was almost like six months before it before it came out it was mm -hmm. a long time yeah and I couldn't get it out of my head and so like it was just like it was I mean you know when it became this this viral hit I, I think a lot of it is that is that song and I think too I mean it, to your credit is that it's so it is so sweet it is such a it is such a gay thing that never makes 
lewd, crass sex jokes. It's such like an mm -hmm. eight-year-old innocent view of uh, of being gay and sort of that identity and um, and it's you know and it's so simple, you know. Yeah. And that was like in 2006, and to see like young kids coming out at very young ages, it, it's uh, and I don't know, like that uh, basic bitches video. I'm like, oh my thank god, it's like, so wonderful! I love that little kid. gay boys just doing things on the internet, uh, you know, directly or indirectly. Like I, I hope I somehow helped like crack that idea that like. Maybe when kids are little, they know they're gay and they think people are cute and they like Tom Cruise. Another um, channel I want to show you guys did was uh, Fagney and Gacy. Yes. Can you give us a bit of background on that? That was just, that was that started as a joke because yeah. somebody said, Drew and Mike, Drew please I... make another show together. And Mike started as a joke. Mike was like, we have a cop, a cop show that's coming out called Fagney and Gacy. And then one night, I remember it was in front of the, the Ramada. We had just done a show, and you were like, we should make that into a show. And yeah. it was like, and um, we both love those 80s. Oh, we love Cagney and Lacey and mm -hmm. those 80s, you know, um, uh, I mean, any show about lady cops, like, you know, and with the, that also have, like, personal problems and have, like, um, you know, all these lives at home and yet all sorts of solve crimes and put people behind bars. And so we just sort of like, what if, what would our version of that be? I've seen him at that uh, Mexican restaurant down on Broadway. Have we eaten there? I don't think so. On Broadway? Mexican? No, I don't think so. On Broadway. And also, just we would, I don't know, whenever we were around each other, just act like an older gay man who liked antiques, <laughs> who would just yeah. over-talk and yeah. get really detailed about some stupid, like, uh, bush they saw. Like, I really like that bush. Oh, I like the gorgeous shape of bush. It. Well, like, prune it's any oh, shape. I wonder if it's annual perennial. I don't know. <laughs> just like it's an annual. <laughs> yeah, and that thing that Drew and I just did without really thinking, and that that sort of spawned that sort of just conversational talking without saying a damn thing. Right. And if those people were cops, like, yeah. they had to be so non no nonsense mm -hmm. and get, you know, and just the, the worst at it, the worst quality for a cop to have would be just somebody that rambles and doesn't get to the point mm -hmm. and gets easily distracted. Um, <laughs> just made us laugh. So I'm guessing a, a, a lot of it was improvised. Um, it, for the most of, part. Yeah. I mean, we, I think again, knowing Drew, it's just like, and Drew and I will talk about this. And then I'll write this specifically for certain parts that are like necessary information that furthers the plot. And then in this moment, Drew and I will just mess around and talk about like, you know, talk shows or a game show or <laughs> just dumb things. Right. Well, and we would, we would improvise it and then set it like once it was mm -hmm. set and then we would, so we would, when we would, yeah. we would do it. So, um, yeah, but and we brought on people that were all like hilarious improvisers and, Comedians and Amy Bricacci and George McGrath and um, Brendan Campbell, sure, Beth Crosby. I mean, just all the different people that have that Andy Bolt. Got to so. name all the series regulars. Oh yeah, <laughs> Drew, you're quite well known for your impression of uh, Chloe Sevigny. Uh, could you kind of give us your origin, her uh, origin story? Um, yes, ten years ago, uh, I was, actually I was in a show with Mike, and we were doing this sketch comedy show, and I put on a blonde wig for something else, and I looked in the mirror, and I said, I look like Chloe Sevigny. And so it was like, what do you do with that? I mean, like, and I had read an article, an interview with her, and she was name dropping all of these just, just bizarre 
brilliant, insane, ridiculous references to fashion and hip hop culture and whatever. And so, right, just all of it. I was seated with my good friend, Pippa Middleton, after a long engagement at the world premiere of Wrath of the Titans, sponsored by Sunkist, Fangoria, and Hammacher Schlemmer. And none of it I understood, and I was fascinated by it. So um, it was 2002, and it was right, and they were in the spring. They were there were all these ads for um, New York, like because um, it was post 9/11, and it was all these people like Nathan Lane and you know Susan Stroman trying to get you to come to New York. And so I put up a bit on stage as Chloe Sevigny trying to get people to come to New York, and. Um, it was a real underground thing that I did, like at tiny little shows, and sometimes it would completely bomb. It never was a, a major hit. It was never like a thing that. The first time you did it, I had the pleasure of seeing it the first time. And, and it was terrible. Like, not a single no person one laughed. No got it. No all one. You, all you probably heard was me backstage screaming. <laughs> and it did, the original one did start with Hello America. I'm yeah, sorry. It was, it, they've always been the same sort of thing. And, I've, and so when Jim Hansen came to me about three years ago and said, I want to make these into videos. I did, kind of poo-pooed it. I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of done. And I had no idea for what was about to happen mm-hmm. with those things. Because it was it was just, I mean, it was just like Planet Unicorn. Like, you don't know when you make something what's going to be a hit. Because we both have done so many things that don't take off that I, you know. Um, but it just, uh, but Jim really took it, the Chloe thing, to the next level. Because of just what how he, he got the pace of it, the music, the editing, the images behind, the outfits that he got, that he put me in. Um, and made it, made it more of a, a production than I, than I ever did. Cause when I did it on stage, like sometimes I wouldn't even have a wig. I would never have, you know, m- m- much makeup on at all of anything. And it was very, um, sketchy it was and not drag, you know, much more deconstructed than what it is now, but still the same idea. And so, in the beginning, like you said, sometimes it didn't go so well, but sometimes people got it and they got it so hard and they like like loved it because if you if you got it you it was the best thing you've ever seen drew you also you also have a a podcast um glitter in the garbage yes Uh, yes. actually i I listened to one where you talk you kind of mentioned that like that you've kind of gotten some flack for uh like some people on the internet have kind of accused you of like being a sellout like certain of your uh chloe videos are um sponsored by you know right well, it's, that was really funny to me because, um, yeah, I, I have gotten a couple um, have, uh, labels have asked me to make Chloe videos and they have paid me to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all like things that I really support and love <laughs> and I'm not, you know, that it was, a um, you know, Alexis Batar jewelry company who make amazing jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually the only one that, that, that I've actually made exclusively for, but I, there are other things that I've done. And... Um, you know, I uh, I found that hilarious that people were upset because the character of Chloe is all about selling out and name dropping. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, exactly. selling herself, but my character is all about throwing out labels and names and what's always been. So the fact to me that if anybody wants to pay me to to throw their name out there, I find that awesome and hilarious. You know, when you make content for the internet, for YouTube or for Channel 101, you work for free. I mean, you don't make anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm an artist, I'm a professional and I have to eat. You know, I've got to pay bills. And so anybody that wants to help me do that, I'm all for it. And I, and you know, I moved to LA because I wanted to work in the business. You know, I'm not, you know, that's, that's what I want, that's what I do for a living. So, um, 
You know, that's really the idea that it's like a, being a sellout. It's like, sure, I absolutely yeah. am a sellout. I want to sell out as much as I can. <laughs> and, and, and like you said, like the, the, the character lends itself a lot more to that compared to like, you know, oh, yeah. you guys have seen uh, Sassy Gay Friend, uh, mm-hmm. yes. which, which had, had kind of a similar thing where after a while they, they, they started, um, you know, selling that Mio juice stuff. I say good for him because that's just like I find, sure. you know, when you have something like that that is that is a hit that people really like. You know, when you work in, especially in sketch comedy and or, or in anything, you, you know, you're, you're trying to get the next step. You're trying to find out what's the next thing. Like, how does this translate to something that I can, that I can, like I said, pay bills and eat from. So anytime that happens, it's, I'm all for it. And having a sponsor and endorsing anything is like hilarious anyway. Like mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, sh- I don't, it should be something completely unrelated. Like I would love a Chloe video to be sponsored by like Glad Trash Bags. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, just the most ridiculous like potting soil. And, sure. Like, that's, that's what it is. It's, uh, it's, that's what that world is. Once money's involved, it's a crazy thing. And I think Drew and I and many people aspire to getting paid a lot of money to do, you know, something in the ballpark of what we love so that we can definitely do what we completely Absolutely. love for free or for little or nothing. Sure. You know, that's so, yeah. Sure. I mean, anytime I get to, that I get to work and make money at what I do, I get to, I also have, it buys me time um, to make something that I really care about and love. And it's really, for me, you know, anytime, you know, I think for both of us that we've sort of, you know, our, our hits have come from things that just from a place of this makes us laugh, this yeah. gives us joy. And so anytime that has brought success, it's, it's even more rewarding to me than like, as opposed to, you know, when I've booked a, you know, a job as an actor, which is also really nice. But when I get to something that's built, you know, from something that I created or from something that, you know, you or we created, it's, it's even better. So one uh, one impression that you're that is you're maybe not quite as well known for, but it's I think just as awesome is uh, the Tanya Roberts. <laughs> you did. Oh God! Yes. Uh, uh, I want to say first that I love his impression of Tanya Roberts most because like I've known Drew for so long, I've seen him do so many things. So Tanya Roberts is is one specifically where I feel like I don't I don't recognize him. <laughs> and like you, that is. Uh, Everything is different. I don't, you become a completely different person. You might say to me, Tanya, and I'll say, yes, that's my name. We're friends. You can call me Tanya. Yes, I'm Tanya. What will I be doing at Tahiti Village? You will be sitting in a semicircle on sand. These chairs are shaped like tiki masks. Have you ever seen that? You will at Tahiti Village. I, I, I don't know where it comes. It's not, I really don't, I'm not a good impressionist and I don't ever aspire to be like, I, I, <laughs> what I like is more like, this is my idea of that person. Because based on a commercial. Based on a commercial that I heard. Because it's like, I grew up, I've seen Tanya Roberts do a lot of things. And I love her. She seemed lovely in person. But my Tanya Roberts is based on a crazy radio commercial that she did for this thing called Tahiti Village <laughs> that is real. And, if, and it used to be on the radio. And they would pre-record them. And she had such mania in her voice. And it was like, she was so excited. Yet it sounded like the worst place ever. And she was painting it to be like this paradise and so I just started, you know, and started doing some videos with Michael Lucid, who does the, the Damiana Files, who Mike works with a lot. I don't know if you've seen those, but... Um, yeah, I've seen some of them. Oh, yeah, right. And you have a new one with Barbara Cathy. With, yeah, um, Damiana um, the, and Barbara Cathy, the 4th of July. 4th of July, right. which I loved. I just, I haven't told you I loved it. It's great. Um, but, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, she's insane and drunk and just, like, 
uh, horny and name dropping eighties, horrible eighties references and just a mess and more me than Tanya Roberts really. I think I read somewhere that, that, uh, that the actual Tahiti village like isn't around anymore. I think they got like, like shut down or something. No, it is. It, it's around. It's back. They were, they had some sort of lawsuit, uh, some sort of issue that was happening I, because someone else has told me that before, but, but I know <laughs> I had another friend that went and visited and brought me a bunch of soap. Uh, I have shampoo, <laughs> village. I have notepads from Tahiti village, uh, post-its. Um, and uh, someone even brought me a Gideon Bible that was in the, the hotel room from oh <laughs> at Tahiti Village. <laughs> so um, it's still it's still around. Okay. It's, it's, it's it, near Vegas somewhere. Bibles are so Tahitian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just so, like barbecue chicken pizza yeah. and ranch <laughs> Pillowy steaks. Um, <laughs> buttery chickens. <laughs> Gross. Uh, <laughs> So, Mike, uh, you you co-wrote, and I, I believe you co-wrote and co-produced um, a parody of uh, the Noms uh, Gathering Stormad, which is the worst that uh, that went viral a, a while back on um, Funny or Die, uh, mm-hmm. which which with which both of you um, appeared in. Soon, gay people will start falling out of the sky onto our homes, onto our churches, and onto our families. How did that come about? Um, well, I think the day it got a lot of buzz, the Gathering Storm one. Um, I was just like instant messaging. I was instant messaging with my uh, good friend, Emmy Award winning <laughs> writer, Liz Feldman, who uh, wrote on uh, The Ellen Show and uh, writes on Two Broke Girls right now, which we've all, we've all been good friends for a very yeah. long time. Um, and we were instant messaging and then I watched it and I was like, you have to watch this. And we were just instant messaging jokes, making fun of it. And then I said, do we need to shoot this? Do we need to like respond to this immediately? And um, we were like, oh yeah, let's do it. And um, we emailed our friend, uh, Lauren Palmigiano, who works at Funny or Die. And she was instantly on board. And the next day, me and Liz got together and wrote it. Um, Lauren got on like getting celebrities come do it. Um, and that was kind of it. It was mm-hmm. just, it was just so funny and so, uh, uh, again, like as actors, um, when some and people who make creative things, like if it's not real, if it's not really coming from you, it you can tell and it looks weird. And I, I think um, that Gathering Storm video, it's like it was such propaganda. It was such, you know. It was such like, I don't know, a scare tactic from politicians or something. It wasn't like, I think it would come off a bit different if it was, if it came from someone who was very impassioned about someone who was against gay marriage. But no, it was this weird thing that they put on and it was just such a joke. And then they had the auditions for the actors who were in it. It was just so weird. I never saw that. They had, yeah. the, they had auditions for... They showed the videos of the auditions of the actors. Oh, God. Oh, horrible. <laughs> wouldn't it be... I mean, it's bad enough to be in that video, but wouldn't it be worse to audition <laughs> to get into the, the Gathering Storm video and not get it? That's... Like, sorry. We picked another concerned mother. Um, but yeah, when I just um, cut my director's reel and I with one piece of that... Um, I put in it as Elisa Silverstone, who was fantastic mm-hmm. and such a pleasure. And there was the line from the original was, I'm a Massachusetts mother uh, who is standing by helplessly as the schools teach my son that being gay is okay. And then I just did the same line, except at the end I put, 
Uh, I'm also concerned with, I'm, I also have an issue with their hot lunch program. <laughs> and Silverstone just like killed it. It was such a pleasure working with all those people. Um, it was amazing how many people wanted to do it too. Oh, they wanted to Because it, it was like last minute. I mean, I remember Mike, you called me at like, like can you do this tomorrow, mm-hmm. come to Funny or Die? And we have, you know, Alicia Silverstone and Lance Bass and George Takai and Jane Lynch was working on something else. Oh yeah, Jane Lynch, we tried to get Jane Lynch, but her agent was like, no, she's working. She was shooting Glee down in Long Beach, so she can't do it. And Mm -hmm. I guess Jane wanted to do it though. But so our last day of shooting, Jane calls Funny or Die and like, we get like, oh, Jane Lynch is on the phone. And it's Jane Lynch, not her agent. She just called and was like, hey, I'm done shooting. Can I come down and do it? I mean, that's the, that was the energy that, that was happening behind it. And it went up in no time. And yeah, it, it was, it was awesome to be, you know, and it was sort of like, we were all sort of collectively saying, you know, this is ridiculous. Let's have fun with this. And, um, and my favorite part of it was the, 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 the Chiron that just said, brought to you by God and doctors. And doctors because that's, that's exactly what it came off. Like it was just sort of like, well, this is the truth. And, you know, um, so yeah. Nam really is both like they're both horrifying and just too ridiculous to take seriously at the same time, right? <laughs> right, and um, and we need to, and it's like we have the internet, we have the I mean, like we all should be making art that's that you know that responds to that exactly. all the time. So I, my, my, my show is about gay stuff, and you've both obviously done. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> oh, I, I have to go. Uh, <laughs> didn't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to make you uncomfortable there. I'm late for a date with a lady. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is waiting on me in the car or to have sex. People <laughs> <laughs> obviously done a lot of work, if not if not super gay in itself, obviously of of gay interest, whether it's you know acting, producing, directing, what have you. Uh, do you feel like that's something that just sort of comes naturally, like it's just sort of a do what you know type thing, or is it a conscious decision? Is it, or is it just a coincidence? Yeah, I I mean I. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I feel like it is like we were, what we were talking about, like, you know, write what you think is funny, do mm-hmm. what you what you know. I mean, I feel like we both sort of, you know, came up in the Groundlings, which is a very, um, very gay friendly, but but mostly straight white male mm-hmm. organization, like all, all the comedy places mm-hmm. are. And so it's like we're very comfortable within that structure as well. Like, I don't think I, there's nothing that I do that is like, necessarily explicitly for gay people I don't I don't think of it like that I you know it's sort of like you know um I'm always happy to do whatever is like the more the the material like the 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 role or the the you know um writing for something that's that I care about or whatever so you know I mean I think it's a little bit of both I I I, um I I hate to sort of say you know I only do stuff for the gay community but it's certainly Mm-hmm. Um, part. I don't yeah, know if I'm with, making a point at all, but yeah. No, you are, and I yeah. think yeah. I understand what you're asking. Um, like, I didn't, I've never set out to, I'm going to make something gay. I need to, like, right. you know, make a stand. I need to, like, have a show of presence. It just happened to be that. Like, obviously, something like Planet Unicorn and Bagging Gacy are very gay, mm-hmm. but um, I think we were just interested in the characters, and mm-hmm. and that's what it was, but then, like, what comes naturally is us being those people and whatever the idea and I think is. too, like, before, I mean, for me, I will definitely say before, you know, um, Planet Unicorn um, and the, the Chloe videos, like, I 
was mainly performing with and for a lot of straight nerds. And that was sort of where I was very comfortable. Um, and so now it's, it's certainly, you know, a little bit different and widened out, but I feel like my stuff was certainly embraced there before it was embraced by the gay community, because I think what I was doing was weird and not necessarily the most, um, you know, overtly in your face. It was obviously gay, but not like making that point. So, um, and I think because there's a, a lack of that, not so much gay things, but things that could be perceived as that things that aren't promoted because they don't like the demographic of these things. We're going to make this, you know, this type of entertainment happen because there's uh, a demographic and there's money behind it. Like the internet brought along people who were like, no, I'm just making something because I want to make it. Right. And, and there's such a, a deficit of things that are just like, I'm going to make this because I want to. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, um, like straight nerd, uh, nerds are like a lot of my fans. Yeah. <laughs> and I sure, think sure. that's, that's huge. And I think mm -hmm. Planet Unicorn was not just for gay people. It wasn't just gay people who liked it. It no, was, no. that really spanned everything. And, and that was like 13 year old girls loved it or whatever, you know I mean? It's like, so, so yeah. Actually, Mike, come to think of it, you were on uh, the guild. Uh, not so long ago. Damask is a reversible fabric. It's sewn with one warp yarn and one weft yarn. And it was invented in the Byzantine era. Oh, it's really interesting. And delete! No! Oh! Not my longsword. Oh. You tiny monster. Uh, the guild is great. I'm longtime friends with Felicia Day, and uh, we improvised together in Sandeep. And again, like, it's so great. I wonder if, like, maybe 10 years ago, we could have all said to each other, oh, we're going to be doing all these things, and it's going to make an impact. Because it's really just like, oh, I mean, I'm going to go hang out with my friends and do this thing, and oh, what are my lines? Oh, let's do this. And um, But it's so much fun, and I didn't, I knew it was popular, but I don't think I realized how popular it was, and I, I get spotted for the Guild so many times. I went to Comic-Con a couple years ago, and... It, people were like screaming Valkyrie at me, just like, you know, probably who knows where they came from, like kind of round, awkward white guys who, you know, may or may not have been gay, but like they were would scream across the street Valkyrie. And I, I was like, yeah. I think too, like when you're on the internet and you do stuff online and people like what you do, they feel really personally connected to mm -hmm. it. Cause it's just, between, it's just you and they're in their, you're in their computer they're not, and you're not a huge star like on on TV where everybody yeah. might know you, or in a movie. What you know, you're in you're on in someone's phone. You're in their computer, you know, and they when they like it, they feel like they really like it. I mean, the, the fans are so loyal, and and um, yeah, and so it's it's a different it's a different medium because they feel like they discovered it because there's so much online too. Mm -hmm. When they like something online, they're like, I found this. It's yeah. not just what was on NBC tonight, what you've been told, or, to or watch. what was on HBO, you know, whatever. It was like this was actually, you know, found. So the the dark side of that is that some people online are crazy. Have you guys had to deal with, uh, you know, quote unquote haters or any any kind of, kind of online craziness as a result of? Well, the first episode of Fagney and Gacy got lots of like, this is offensive to gay people. And, and like, I, I guess, and I don't know if it was as funny as it was, um, <laughs> and it was straight people, I believe I would be like, I love this. This is so funny because we're not saying, look at this is what gay people are. We're like playing people who even Drew and I are making fun of, yet we love these well, people. Of course, we we're love like, them. oh my God, look at those guys. They're just like having like, Rose spritzers 
and talking about Judy Garland, but like we and, also love them. And also, I mean, so much of those characters is us when yeah. we hang out. So much oh. is like we'll we'll just get into some crazy like you know tangential conversation that's just like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely gotten some you know pretty hateful comments on you know and. You, you know, you just can't really take much into stock with that. I mean, like some people will find on Facebook or Twitter and write, you know, nasty things. And what you need to know is everyone's on the Internet. Yes. Everyone. Yes. <laughs> so, like, and you don't need any sort of, of like license or and, you know, some of them are, you know, or intelligence or, tests. Well, yes. Place comments. So, you know, I'm just I, to me, I feel like anytime I'm I prompt anyone to write anything to me, it's all it, it is it. It's cool that that I had an impact on them in that way. You know that they would that they would go to the trouble to write something. So, you know, thank you to all the haters. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't feel. I mean, I, you know, and um, Perez Hilton's been so good to me and put it, put my videos up a lot. And Perez attracts a lot of real of the you know the comments that are you know. And you just you, you have to realize that like the. You know, people get horrible things said about them all the time. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to be one of these, you know, one of the big movie stars. And every, you know, you, you really couldn't go anywhere without, mm-hmm. you know, running into some horrible headline printed about you or whatever. And that's our culture. And you realize it's it's all part of this sort of sick entertainment mm-hmm. thing. And you just can't take any of it, you know. Yeah. Is there anything that you guys want to talk about? Maybe something you want to plug coming up that you've got going on? Um, Drew's got uh, doing a lot of stuff at Outfest this year. I'm doing. I'm in a couple of films at Outfest in in LA. Um, I'm in a film called Sassy Pants, which is uh, going to be on July 14th at Outfest. Um, and then a couple. We're in some shorts. So we're in musical we're shorts. In two short. I'm in two shorts in Outfest, and you're in the same ones. The same ones, yeah. Which is, uh, you know, so we're so we'll be around Outfest. Also, I'm performing uh, in Vegas. If anybody, I'm, I'm doing fabulous Vegas, which is going to be the weekend of the 13th, 14th, and 15th of July. So next weekend, um, with Jessica Hunter and Johnny McGovern and Caswell and Sherry Vine, it's going to be a blast at the MGM Grand. So stop by and meet Chloe and have a cocktail. It should be fun. I will be home with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Mike Rose, Drew Drogi, thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you. Um, have a great day. Thanks. Bye. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.